you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Rhett Lewis, and this is NFL Inside Report. He's back. Tom Brady, just like he never left, <laughs> now coming back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after just a short couple of weeks of retirement, back in the fold, back with the Bucks, and also back with us to talk all about it. Two of our favorites here on NFL Inside Report, Judy Batista and Sarah Walsh. And guys, uh, great to be here with you, um, Sarah. So Tom's back. And this, guys, and Judy, I I want you to hear this, too, because it's time for Sarah to take a victory lap. Just an observation. When Tom Brady walked off the field last night, there was not a moment's pause of if you were going to walk away from football after two decades. There was never this moment that I saw out of him where he stopped, paused, looked around, just ran out there businesslike. And if you go back and think about Drew Brees, there was that moment where he was taking it all in. Brady wasn't taking it all in. He ran off the field to me like a man that would be back. Yay! Vindication, Sarah! (laughs) Thank you, because for the last... For the last 40 days, I felt really stupid. And I'm like, maybe I had a bad read. Like it wasn't inside information, but when people would say to me, what does your gut say? And I, and I was like, my gut doesn't say that he's done. He just threw 43 touchdowns. He came a very long field goal away from going to the conference championship game. I specifically remember that the game was so crazy at the end, but I yeah. specifically remember as soon as it ended, I was like, fine, Brady, and just keep your eyes on him and watch what he does. But I was even surprised about two weeks prior is when those articles started to come out that he might be done. And I remember when they started to come out and I'm like, he might be done. Like we just kept talking to him all season long about how long is he going to go? Because (laughs) his year was so good. And it was just like such a quick turn at the end that didn't really make sense to me. Um, I I mean, the family stuff makes sense, but yeah, that was my read. And like, we can all have bad reads. Right. So for the last 40 days, I was like, I didn't read the situation, read the room well, Sarah. But, um, so thank you for noticing that because I I felt silly and now I don't feel as silly. 
Well, and look, I think that we should we should have expected this because Tom Brady has been one of the very best in in well, I mean, best of all time in working through his progression, right? Finding the open receiver. That's essentially what he did here. He had to go through the whole progression <laughs> of being retired, came back to the open receiver, which was obviously the Tampa Bay Bucks who had a need clearly for him to come back at quarterback and all the talk about leaving the light on for him like it was Motel 6. Um, and they did. And now he's back uh, in Tampa. Judy, what was your reaction when you first saw the tweet? Um, I had to like double check and make sure <laughs> yes, it wasn't so like from a, a, yes. you know, a fake account, right? Yes, exactly. I read it once. I checked to make sure Tom Brady. Okay. Yeah. It's got the verified blue check. And then I read it to my family. We were sitting here watching selection Sunday and, uh, I read it and I said, I think Tom Brady just announced he's coming back on Twitter. And that, you know, and then it just exploded. Honestly, I was not surprised. First of all, because I I was most surprised that he retired. Like Sarah said, like I was at that game too. He did not look like a man who was bidding farewell to the NFL and then he started, I don't want to say he was backtracking, but like you, you could tell he was having second thoughts almost immediately, right? Like, yes. well, we'll see. You never say you're never, you never close it. And so you're sort of like, oh, he's going, you know, and I'd heard all the, the things towards the end of the year too, that maybe he, um, you know, was frustrated in Tampa and maybe the relationship in Tampa was, was not working out. And so maybe he would come back to, to go elsewhere. That seemed unrealistic because why would the Bucks ever do that? Right. Yeah. So when he said, I'm coming back to the Bucks," it was like, yeah, okay, that, that makes sense. If he's coming back, it's, it's going to be the Bucks. It's, it was always strange to me. Tom Brady has never struck me as somebody who would leave when he was still playing at the level he played at right. last year. He was, he could have been the league MVP last year. Totally. And, and as, as Sarah just said, you know, came this close to going to the conference championship game. So to me, he's one of those guys, you know, you're going to have to drag him off the field or he's going to have to sense that he is declining dramatically. Right. And, and neither of those things was the case. Or I yeah. would say, Judy, you come back, you win it all, and then you might drop it that way. Right. Right. I mean, the fact Which that he's an unfinished he business. Right. Yeah. Right. The f- he could have done that a year ago and gone out that way. And it just seems so anticlimactic when... Right. You played as well as you played, right? Um, right. It, it, and, I think you know if you come back and win it all, then yeah, I think you think about doing it that way, right? And and I, I'm, I mean, look, he's he's a smart guy, right? I mean, he had to have looked at what happened to the roster last year, right? The first year he was there, they had tremendous injury luck, like practically no injuries. Yeah. Last year, it year, caught up with them. They had a ton of injuries, so he has to be looking at that landscape and saying, like, you know, we were this close and we had all those injuries. Like, you know, if we can get any part of this roster together, we're going to be in the mix. He also has to be looking at the NFC, which let's face it is, you know, is not the AFC. No doubt. Uh, Chris Godwin, by the way, uh, chief among those key injuries from a year ago, get to Chris Godwin here in just a little bit. Um, But I did want to hit, I mean, and thank goodness that we all didn't have to hear on, on, you know, Sunday and Monday, continue trying to read the lips of Tom Brady talking to Cristiano Ronaldo at the Manchester United game where, you know, apparently he sat down with the Glazer family, right? And maybe that's where all this kind of started or at least came to a culmination, um, you know, talking about all that where he was, you know, and Ronaldo asked him, are you finished? And he goes, uh, and then we didn't really know what was said afterwards. Now we know. And he's like, yeah, no, I'm coming back. Um, and, and then let, let, let me get to that part here because Judy mentioned it, uh, Sarah. What was your read on any potential frustration or growing sour of the relationship that there might have been between Tom and Bruce and, and Byron and that whole triumvirate 
of offensive uh, masterminds down there in Tampa? You know, I didn't really see that. But I also think like if you go back to even last year, again, I'm not seeing the stuff that's behind closed doors, but I didn't get that sense. Um, You know, when you go back to last year, when Tom, you know, had a bad game, people were freaking out that Bruce would be like, yeah, that pick was on him because you never heard that before because Belichick would never say something like that. And uh, Tom is still human, even though he's the greatest of all time. Right. So there, there were interceptions that were on Tom and Bruce would say that. And people would freak out and go, oh my God, like, can you believe he would say that to Tom? And I'm like, um, I think Tom's pretty like realistic and no one's more competitive than Tom. So I don't think Tom is the kind of person that's throwing someone under the bus. Like if he feels like he messed it up. And so, so much was made about, if you even think about that, and then they went on to win a Super Bowl. So I didn't, I didn't really put a lot of stock in that because I do believe like if Tom wants something changed, Tom would get it changed, right? If, if Tom didn't like the way Byron was doing something or didn't like the way they were calling something, I think that they would get a change. Now you're, you're dealing with high profile people, people that have been successful at, at high levels. Right. And are you going to butt heads or are you going to clash on some things? Like, I think that's a realistic, I think that that's normal. I don't think that it was, it was something crazy, but it's just like it, everything always gets twisted and it has to be more than that. Right. I also don't think that Tom Brady is going to just quit football because he's clashing with Bruce on something, right? Like he's not right. going to do that. Like it's just, he's going to go when he wants to go. They're big boys. They can the work way. it out. Yeah. And, and I really think, you know, the one thing you hear about Bruce constantly is he's a truth teller sometimes to the, to the fault of like <laughs> the PR, the PR guys would say, Hey, we wish he wasn't so honest. And, you know, personally, like I, I would want to play for somebody like that. I would want to play Same. for somebody or work for somebody that levels with you and doesn't tell you what you want to hear. And, you know, if, if, if anything, if they've had tough conversations or hard conversations, I feel like they probably both level with each other. And, you know, Bruce knows that like this thing doesn't go without Tom. And I think you also saw them, you know, nobody really believed it when he was like, yeah, I'm good with playing Gabbert and Kyle Trask. Like no one really believed that, but you right. also didn't see them. You didn't see them like really like going out there and making moves for other things. And when we were at the combine two weeks ago, uh, I think we were talking about this there, right? Like if you wanted to move on, you sort of would have said you moved on. And that clearly, you know, even to your point about the Glazers um, meeting with him at that Manchester United game, obviously these conversations were taking place back then at the combine and to the Bucks credit again, Jason and Bruce didn't lie. Like they didn't say, yep, we're going after other people and Tom's moved on. I mean, they were kind of obvious about what was going on. And when that happened, I'm like, okay, well, this isn't, this isn't coming out of, out of nowhere. Right. They're not saying, I mean, Bruce even said if, if it's August and Tom wants to come back, he'll come back. Now as you're not going out and pursuing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As a starter. So you're not going out and pursuing Deshaun Watson and saying, Hey, come here. But just by the way, if Tom wants to like kick you out, come August, you're out of there. Like, yeah. so this has <laughs> yeah. all been, it's all been going on. And maybe Tom just needed a reset. And like you said, like, this seemed like a great idea the week after you announced it. And then maybe it yeah. wasn't as great of an idea three weeks from then. And then, four weeks from then, you're like, I feel great. Like I just had a great season um, and things change. But I, I personally don't put like stock in that story about the, yeah. the headbutting thing as much yeah. as it was, which isn't to say that they never butted heads, but I don't think more so than the normal amount. By the way, just go tell Pahanic uh, over there at PR just to step up and deal with the honesty. Okay, enough of the. <laughs> enough of the <laughs> they, they hate it. Uh, oh, I can imagine. Right. Uh, but for the media, it's so great. It's great. I, I, I never is. censor him, and maybe they can't. He does what he wants, which yeah. is why he's so great. Yeah, no, no doubt. But Bruce uh, does what he wants, not Pahanic. To be correct, clear, who's correct. one of the PR guys. Correct. Okay, correct. Uh, Judy, the the continuity um, now. Bruce, Brady, Byron, 
all back for a third season together. And we saw what season two really started to look like when everybody was healthy. They kind of kept tried to keep it together down the stretch, but I'm expecting nothing less than, than what we got at the start of last year. No, I, I think the big question is, first of all, what will Godwin's condition be um, when he comes back? That's that's the big one. Um, and then how much more they can keep intact because they have a load of free agents. They're not all going to be coming back. We already know some of them who, I mean, Ali Marpetto's retired and is going right. to stay retired. Um, and Alex Kappa, the other, other uh, guard, is is already, we think, Gone on his Jets. way to, yeah. to Cincinnati. Cincinnati, Cincinnati right. Yeah, Cincinnati. Yep. So, um so we know it's not going to be intact. I thought the big thing last night was it's like as soon as Brady said, I'm coming back, like five minutes later, it was like, and so is so Ryan right. Jensen. <laughs> Imagine. That, so yeah. I think that's a It's that's almost a like they talk, Judy. It has it's time, amazing. Right? Yeah. It's like the mind meld thing. Um, yeah. You know, I think that's a, a key thing. You're right. that The offense was at a different level at the start of last year when everybody was healthy. And then obviously as the injuries took a toll, um, you know, it tailed off. And certainly we saw that at the end. But um, I think assuming that Chris Godwin comes back in anything approaching Chris Godwin form and you've got Mike Evans and you, you fill in some holes on the offensive line. Gronk, I have to think. There's Gronk, the next one, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I, you, you have to think. I mean, Gronk had never shut the door on continuing no. to play. He's been working out in Tampa. I mean, come on, you got to get him back. And um, can you get Leonard Fournette back? I, you know, right. he's I, he's going to have a market, but I think if they can keep as much as they can together, then yeah, I think, I, I think they're going to play at a high level. And, and don't forget this, you know, this division, it, well, it did look to be wide open until Tom Brady came back and now it doesn't <laughs> appear to be that wide open right. um, at all. And the, uh, to me, the only question then is, does, you know, do the Saints or the Panthers get Deshaun Watson? Because then that becomes the team that maybe can challenge the Bucs, but who yeah. knows, you know? And that uh, that was something we will discuss here um, in just a couple of moments. Last one here in the Bucks. Free agents that you're that you're looking at there, Sarah, uh, you know, Gronk, Fournette, Sue, Jason Pierre-Paul, that that whole crew. I mean, do you anticipate all most of those guys getting a, getting a good look to come back here? I brought up this point on NFL Network. You know, we want to go through this whole list of, of can Tom get his entire band back together? But we also saw, like, he's Tom Brady, and he can have success without the flashiest names. He did that in New England without the flashiest receivers. So here's what we know right now. Let's just say he gets Gronk back because I think it'd be more surprising if he didn't come back than he did, right? So let's say he gets Gronk back. He's got a Pro Bowl Hall of Famer in Rob Gronkowski. He's got two Pro Bowl receivers in Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. And then, you know, Leonard Fournette, that would be a big win for them if he can get back because he does so much and when it comes to pass catching as far as running it. But look at the end of the year. Last year, he was throwing game-winning touchdowns to Cyril Grayson, who'd never played college football. He threw a game-winning touchdown to Brashad Berryman. We weren't talking about any of those guys in weeks yeah. one through 10 of the season. I mean, it doesn't matter. He'll go find someone on the practice squad and he'll throw them a game winning touchdown. I mean, that is the difference between Tom Brady and everybody else that has ever played this game. So I think, especially as we look at free agency and you look how scarce the quarterback options are when you look at the list of who's available. I mean, there's teams that are in, in a real need and the Bucks just went out and for the second time got the greatest of all time. I feel like everything else at this point, Rhett, is icing on the cake. They'll make it work. The Bucks are going to do everything they can to make them happy. You better believe that because there were definitely promises made to him to get him to come back. But whoever is on that roster on any given game day, I mean, it's Tom Brady. And so you have a chance. I think you're right. And uh, last question here on the Brady um, deal. 
because somebody got a raw deal. Somebody paid a whole lot of money yeah. for what <laughs> was supposed exactly what to have yeah. been Tom Brady's last touchdown pass. Yeah. $518,000, in fact. And I think at that point, thought he was getting a bargain because there was a lot of talk that that ball could have yeah. gone for north of a million bucks. Does that guy get a refund? Like, what? Is that a I, non... Can I just say this? Can yes. I be harsh? I, I'm having trouble working up angst for someone who can spend $500,000 on a football. Correct. Okay. It didn't work out. You spent $500,000 on a football. You probably have another $500,000 laying around somewhere. Uh, okay. I'm a Judy. I'm a Judy. Yeah. She's not, she's not wrong. I'm not like, I, I'm not a memorabilia person in that thing. It'd be cool. Right. But I think the lesson learned like for everyone that that's in that situation. And how many times, by the way, this year, did the Bucks have situations where they gave away about every yes. single game week one? I can't even imagine the bios at the Bucks PR guys. Again, shout out Bucks PR have to put together like every week we get a list and this will start week one of the records that Tom's going to break during the game, which they're all his at this point. So every ball that they give to anyone in the stands is like some record or it's some milestone. They have to go retrieve it out of the stands. They have to go retrieve it. They have to pull deals. They have to whatever. So like lesson learned, whatever ball you're handed, like you don't, like, just be appreciative. It's a Tom Brady football. And yeah. I don't, maybe they stop that all together next year. Maybe Mike Evans, because he's the one that's giving them all away, just kind of like hoards these things and then like <laughs> turns it into like a scholarship fund uh, because that's something like that Mike Evans would that's do. A good idea. But yeah, yeah, right. I mean, maybe he should think about that before he's like tossing them up into the stands. But uh, I did think of that though, Rhett. Like yeah. that guy uh, missed the mark by just like a couple of hours. <laughs> Yeah, it happened on like Sunday, right? Or Saturday, Saturday something like that. I think it I happened mean, like it's... a couple hours before oh my Tom God. hits then. Oh. Yeah, that I mean, I also I would say like, you know, you got to check in with your uh, football reporters who were already having doubts that Tom yep. was really retired before yep. you invest in Tom's last football. No doubt. Uh, and while Tom might be the biggest piece of the quarterback puzzle to fall into place uh, here, there are still many left to go one Deshaun Watson we did get another one though Mitchell Trubisky has found a new home Deshaun Watson still looking or other teams looking for him we'll figure out which way that goes right after this Well, the free agency frenzy is off and running back here on NFL Inside Report. Judy Batista and Sarah Walsh are with us. Talked about one of the biggest pieces to the quarterback puzzle at the top there. Tom Brady coming back to the Bucks. Sounds like Mitchell Trubisky is expected to sign a two-year deal and expected to be the starter in Pittsburgh. Aaron Rodgers back in Green Bay. Obviously, the two big trades we've seen thus far. Russell Wilson, the mega deal to go to Denver, leaving Seattle, the only home he's ever known in the NFL. Carson Wentz also won. One and done in Indianapolis and now shipped off to the Washington Commanders. And so all attention really turning to Deshaun Watson, who was cleared of criminal charges this past week, obviously still facing uh, some civil suits and potential NFL discipline. Uh, but Sarah, as you're looking at the sweepstakes, uh, we've talked to uh, Jane Slater, talked a lot about the Saints being all in on Deshaun Watson, the Panthers made moves and overtures towards uh, for the uh, to the Texans to get Deshaun Watson services last year and couldn't get it done. Where do you sit on all the Deshaun Watson uh, potential trade talk here? 
I think he's going to go to the NFC South. Now, whether that's the um, the Panthers or the Saints, because I think both <laughs> of those makes most, both of them make sense for a lot of reasons, yeah. right? If you want to go on to the Panthers side of things, um, they're obviously interested. They were interested, as you said, a, a season ago. Uh, geographically, it makes sense for him there. He played at, at Clemson. Um, so that's, that's in the vicinity. He's from Georgia, you know, and if you're him and, and what's unfolded for the last couple of years, I mean, I'm sure, look, he's, he's loved there, beloved, especially um, after winning a national championship at Clemson. If you're him, you're like, I need to start over. I need a fresh start. Um, going back to my roots, like maybe that's, that's the solution. You look at the Saints side of things. I mean, this is an organization that at at points last year, and I did a couple of their games uh, on Fox. And the NFL Fox broadcast and their defense is really good. I mean, their defense can carry them in, in certain phases and, and they're missing that piece, right? Which is what the buck, I'm not comparing him to, to Tom Brady, but no, had no. a very good defense for a long time, right? And you're just missing this piece. And, and there's certainly talented players on that Saints team that if they get the right guy, right time, right fit, I think things change real quickly in new Orleans. And to your point, you know, this division was wide open a second ago. It is not wide open when you bring in Tom Brady, but <laughs> if you put him who is very talented on, on that saints team, I think it changes things real quickly for them. Obviously there's so much to be weighed on, on what's going to happen suspension wise. But I think what we see is, is this trend of there are not great quarterbacks out there. There's not a lot of guys that are, I don't want to say great quarterbacks because you're playing the NFL. You're a very good quarterback. Sure. But the separation between the guys at the top, and everyone else, there's just not a lot of guys. The elite that, level. Yeah. There's not the, the the very, very elite once you get to the NFL. And I think there are teams out there that think Deshaun is that, can be that for them. And if if he can get cleared or get passed or, or however the league is going to handle this situation, there's teams that are like, hey, we want to win. I mean, that's that's the reality of it. And you can moral-wise agree with that, disagree with that. But you know how quickly winning makes people forget anything. I mean, we've seen, I can, I can give you an example of case after case after case in this league. So again, uh, that's not an indictment on, on personal beliefs on whatever has happened, but teams want to win. And there are not, when you look at the quarterbacks available at this point, I mean, who's available that's, that's still like a big name that's exciting people. There's, there's not a lot of those guys out there. I think Jimmy G, everyone's kind of looking to see where he's going to go. But when you look at the market that's out there, Teams are going to jump on him, even knowing that there could be a suspension coming, right? But I do think that it's one of those two in uh, the NFC South that he would make sense for both of those teams. How badly yeah. do they want him? What are they willing to part with to get him? One of them, I think, I, I would be surprised. I can't imagine him going to anywhere outside of those two. It's a good thought. Uh, certainly, I think Seattle may or may not be in the mix uh, as well. Um, and, uh, you know, so that is definitely one of the biggest pieces, uh, to follow here as the, the trade talks, uh, kind of, kind of continue on the quarterback front there. Now, Judy, from a discipline standpoint on the NFL level, the, you know, the NFL's investigation, obviously still ongoing, has been going on for quite some time, right? Uh, now that we know that he is clear of criminal charges, at least for now, civil suits still going on. Like, do you foresee the NFL holding withholding any potential discipline until all those civil suits are resolved? I think they would like to have as much information as they can get. Look, there's no timeline for the NFL to do it. They don't have to do anything until he's ready and to he's free and clear to play, field, right? Until right. Then. I mean, yeah. he's clear to play now, but we're in the offseason, right? We're how, yeah. how many days away from opening day. So uh, they have plenty of time. Their investigation has been ongoing all, all this time. He is due. Uh, we're taping this on Monday afternoon. On yeah. Tuesday, he is due to give depositions in 
the civil cases. So we'll get a little bit more information. Um, I mean, I certainly expect the NFL to take some action, some disciplinary action against Deshaun Watson. They have done that before in players who have not been charged criminally. Um, they did it with Ben Roethlisberger, probably most famously. Um, they suspended him for six games. It was reduced to four. They did it, did it with James Winston as well. So I, I certainly think that they are going to suspend him for behavior that, well, it may not rise to the level of a criminal charge, um, has certainly, you know, um, is certainly unseemly at best. Um, or, and, you know, I, I would expect that there'll be some discipline. But listen, the teams that are interested um, have surely factored that in, right? Absolutely. The fact of the matter is, this is a play for the long term. He's 26 years old. Setting aside the baggage and the off the field issues, the very serious off the field issues, he's a top five quarterback when he's on the field. I mean, he just is. And he's 26. This is a decision for the long term. He could be your quarterback for the next dozen, 15 years. So um, whatever team makes the move, these teams that are interested, the Saints, the Panthers, and, you know, who knows who else that we might not know about. um, These are long range decisions. They they know that there's probably going to be a suspension this year. They know there might be a PR hit you know, uh, to to whatever degree. Certainly, I think there would probably be less of a PR hit in the Carolinas where Deshaun Watson is beloved. Beloved. But they're they're factoring all of that in when they look at the landscape. I mean, nobody is naive here uh, about this. And they're they're thinking like, look, as as Sarah said, like winning uh, smooths over an awful lot of things. People are willing to give second chances for one thing. Um, Certainly, if he pays his debt, um, people are willing to give second chances. And then winning losses over a lot. And if you're going to bring Deshaun Watson in and they're going to start winning a lot, like people will move past it and they'll probably move past it fairly quickly. Probably right. Uh, And look, as we switch gears here, it really feels like the Jaguars are moving past the uh, Urban Meyer tenure very quickly (laughs) uh, by trying to uh, change the narrative uh, in, in terms of building this team by spending a whole bunch of cash yeah. Uh, GM Trent Balky <laughs> with head coach Doug Peterson in tow here getting set for his first season coming up this year. I mean, as we sit here on this Monday afternoon, as you said, recording this podcast here, they have are expected to ink deals with Brandon Sheriff, a pro bowler in five of his last uh, years, the uh, guard uh, for the Washington Commanders. Uh, defensive tackle Foley Fadakasi, uh, who has quickly become a really valuable piece uh, in this league as a nose tackle. Foye Oluokan, who led the league in tackles a year ago, has been a big play machine for the Atlanta Falcons. Three years, $45 million, can go up to 46 and a half. And then Christian Kirk getting an absolutely <laughs> monster deal. Four years worth 72, max value of 84. I think the guarantees have come down to something like 37 million in guarantees for Kirk, but that is still an astronomical number for a player, you know, who's been good um, and explosive at times in Arizona, but was maybe like the third wide receiver, you know, there in Arizona and and now getting paid wide receiver one money. What do you make of all this new money going out in Jacksonville? Well, look, first of all, I, I hope they hit on all of these things because we've sort of seen the Jaguars do this periodically in the past. And, and they did it actually the year that they made the run to the AFC championship game and were how many minutes away from right. from beating the Patriots. Um, they, they spent a lot of money in free agency that year and and they hit and it was great. 
they have obviously staggered along since then. So you sort of hope that they're, that all of these moves pay off. Look, the Brendan Sheriff one is, is a good move. They knew they had to protect. That means they, they franchise tag their left tackle. They've got a, you know, a top level guard in there. They have to protect Trevor Lawrence. They have to build around this jewel of a quarterback who, you know, just got destroyed last year. Um, not entirely his fault. And, um, right. you just don't want to waste, you know, you don't want to waste his, his early years, especially when he's on the relatively cheap rookie deal. You want to put as many pieces around him as you can. So uh, they're clearly doing that. They clearly think Christian Kirk gives them, um, you know, gives him a solid target. Uh, uh, presumably DJ Chark is going to land elsewhere. He, he was a really good wide receiver. Yeah. Um, and, and they're shoring up the defense, too, which they needed to do. So on paper, look, they've got the money. They're going to have the draft pick. Like, this is what you want to do. You want to put pieces around Trevor Lawrence because you just don't want him, you know, struggling the way he struggled last year. Yeah. And looking at the Kirk deal um, as a precursor for what we might see, you know, for wide receiver money. Oh um, what's, t- what's Devontae Adams's crew, do you think, doing right now, who has already said that he's not going to play on the franchise tag that's worth 20 mil? I mean, like, He's got to be a twenty-two to, to twenty-five million dollar receiver at this point. I have to think. Let's look at it from the other point. I mean, first of all, wide receivers have to be thrilled, right? On the other side, teams like the Green Bay Packers must be like, "What on <laughs> earth? What are we doing here?" Um, I mean, you know, it just yeah. got that much harder. And I mean, obviously, Devontae Adams is going to command, you know, a boatload of money, and he deserves. Every penny of it. And you've got to do it because you have to keep him there with Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, yeah, I I have to think that general managers around the league are looking at those numbers very closely on Christian Kirk and saying, like, really? Yeah. And and look, same for Chris Godwin, you know, in Tampa, who's playing on a second straight franchise tag. Um, You know, that's going to complicate things to get him back now with with Brady and with Jensen, whatever money. Yeah, of they course. really wanted to get him under a long-term deal. So, yes, it's going to complicate things. But, yeah. um, but you know, hey, I mean, good for the players. Good for Christian right. Kirk. If, if you can get the money, get it. And uh, good for the players. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in addition to Devontae Adams, the uh, the Packers also, uh, they released the Darius Smith, so they saved some money there, but brought back Devondre Campbell, who was one of the big, most big. phenomenal pickups last year. He played for just 2 million bucks. It was an all pro. Uh, right. He now got a big money deal as did Preston Smith. So second deal for Preston Smith as a free agent in green Bay. Remember it was Preston. It was like one of like the, the Preston and yes. Darius, right? right? They're like this, the part of this new wave of spending in green Bay for free agents, uh, something that had not typically been done there. So there are still some huge, type of premier players still left on this uh, t- on the top free agents list. As you go over to NFL.com, check out the 101 uh, NFL free agents that Greg Rosenthal puts together there. Uh, tops on that list, Saints left tackle, Teron Armstead. Man, I know the Saints would love to have him back, uh, but he's going to get some huge money. Uh, quick thought on what might work as a destination there, Judy. Well, if the Saints can't hold on to him, I think the Miami Dolphins uh, would be a great fit. I think the Miami Dolphins have to try, try really hard to get him because that's another team that had a dreadful offensive line. I think they were yeah. graded pro football focus. And they graded them as the worst offensive line in the league, which is saying something because we've yeah. seen some bad offensive lines. Yeah. Um, and they've got to do whatever they can to help to it. They got to they got to at least give him the opportunity to succeed just so they can get a read on him. 
you know, he would protect his front side to his left-handed, so he would protect the front side there. Uh, right. That would be a great fit. They need to um, invest a lot in the offensive line. The problem there in Miami is that they've invested a lot of high draft picks on offensive linemen. Austin Jackson, Liam Eikenberg, right. Robert Hunt, um, and, you know, for whatever reason, uh, still need a big money player uh, right. like that. In they've got lots I, of money to spend, though. Yes. So, I, but, I can see know, the Colts also being in on Toronto Armstead, who need yes. a left tackle. Um, they need Eric a quarterback. Fisher. The Colts... <laughs> That's kind of the first part. Maybe, maybe worry priorities. about the first part. <laughs> JC Jackson is free agent number two yes. on the list. It sounds like uh, a reunion with the Patriots is not in the cards. Yeah. So his name's been linked with the Chargers, who have been really super aggressive this offseason, which is Mack, really hello. fun. They're another team, right, with a, a quarterback who's still on the rookie deal. So you've got all this money to play around with, and you want to put pieces around Justin Herbert, obviously, because he's fabulous um and actually derwin james again this is monday afternoon when we're taping this and derwin james tweeted before the like googly eyes emoji and that sort of sent twitter you know into a panic like what is that coming what is it what's that mean what do you know um so we'll see but i I like the moves the chargers have made they're impressive and and i i think that's a natural fit for them speaking of what did you know uh von miller with those tweets about going back to denver uh so he was the one who knew russell wilson was coming to denver (laughs) right (laughs) right we're like oh okay interesting because it's like did you would you have said that if you didn't know russell wilson was coming no kidding and so, like, uh, if not going back to the Rams, the Broncos makes right. perfect sense, right? That's it. Yes, those are the only two places yeah. I can imagine him going. Frankly, yeah. I mean, if it's if the Rams can't manage to keep him, then I assume he goes to Denver, and that's great. Chandler Jones in the NFC West has been an absolute force. Has led the league in sacks before, uh, and even if he is not still, you know, at the very top, ninety five percent or ninety percent of whatever he is now is still you know, a huge piece of a team's defensive rotation there in terms of getting after the quarterback. Yeah. When he plays uh, every game of the season, he averages double digit sacks those seasons. So when he's healthy, he is incredibly productive. I think last year he forced five quarterback turnovers by with quarterback pressures, which is pretty amazing. Um, I, I have to think Buffalo takes a long look at Chandler Jones. We, we saw, unfortunately for the bills, they've got practically everything else in place, but we saw they, they could not Pass get rush. to the quarterback yeah. when they absolutely had to get to the quarterback in the playoffs yeah. last year. Um, they need pass rush. And that seems to be a natural fit uh, again. Right. I mean, he's in his thirties and maybe he's not top, 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 top level pass rusher anymore, yeah. but um, Still pretty dang good, <laughs> pretty good and pretty productive. And the bills yeah. are built to win right now. So it doesn't matter that he's 30, whatever. Yeah, and would be an upgrade over Jerry Hughes, who has done some really yes. great things in Buffalo, but it's also 34, a little bit younger for Chandler Jones, maybe a little bit more productive, probably a little bit more money, um, yeah, but, but still, that's that's the price you got to pay uh, yeah. in, in, when the free agency frenzy is running. And uh, Judy, uh, Sarah, you guys were fantastic. Thanks so much for spending some time with us. Really appreciate it. Great to be with you. All right, back here with you on NFL Inside Report. Just as we were literally talking about J.C. Jackson and a potential move to the L.A. Chargers there with Judy Batista, as is the case here in this week of free agency frenzy, things happen by the second. And it sounds like the Chargers are, in fact, expected to sign former Patriot cornerback J.C. Jackson will be a big money deal that according to to NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport, to which uh, our Daniel Jeremiah, our lead uh, draft analyst and 
a color analyst for the Chargers radio broadcast, says that this is huge, will allow last year's second-round pick and stud corner Asante Samuel Jr. to kick inside in terms of a slot cornerback role. So the Chargers upgrade the secondary, and then, of course, you know they had the trade for Khalil Mack as well. So a lot of upgrades happening to that Chargers defense uh, right now here in L.A. And that's going to do it for this episode of NFL Inside Report. Thanks so much for being with us here today. Reminder to rate, review, download our podcast uh, and wherever you get your pods, the iHeartRadio app, the Apple podcast app. We certainly appreciate uh, all of your support here. And we will check back with you uh, perhaps later this week as the free agency news warrants. Again, thanks so much for being with us. For our producers, Thomas Warren and Tim Parachka. I'm your host, Rhett Lewis. We'll catch you next time. NFL Inside Report is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more official podcasts from the NFL, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.